Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 051, seven things we must master in 2023. That's wake up call 051, seven things we must master in 2023. Hey, this is a brand new wake up call. At the time of this recording, it's the day after Christmas uh, of the year 2022, of the year of our Lord 2022. And this is the last wake up call of this year, 2022. And so this is actually a two part message, a two part teaching a two-part wake-up call on the Faith for My Generation podcast, and we're going to break up these seven things that we must, as Christians, as the faithful, these seven things that we must master in the year 2023. This is not a self-help message. This is not a motivational, rah-rah, let's-go-get-it team message. Not Not necessarily that those things are wrong. But what this is, is this is pure, unadulterated instruction from the Word of God concerning seven different areas of our life. We have different things that we must take care of, that we must manage well, that we must steward well. And um, some of these we would classify as spiritual. Some of these things we might classify as, uh, I don't know, material or fleshly or soulishly. And that's okay because we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And so we have different realms in our life that we're disciplining and bringing under the submission of God's Word. So we're going to look at seven different areas. And as I said, go ahead and make note, this is a two-part message. So the second part will actually be the first wake-up call of the year 2023. So do not miss it. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, make sure, on I know on iPhones, it's that little plus sign at the top. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a notification. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Come on, what are you doing? Instagram, Facebook, make sure that you like so that you'll see it. Again, let the logarithms know that you're interested in what you're listening to. All right, let's do this. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 is going to be one one of our key foundational scriptures. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7, 8, and 9 is our New Testament text for this study. Galatians 6, starting at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For if he sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We've read this verse before. We actually did a wake-up call and a study on this one as well. Of course, you understand there's a couple principles here. One, don't be deceived. And we've talked about this. When the Bible plainly says, do not be deceived, it's because what that which is about to be stated after that, uh, that warning, don't be deceived, is an area that people fall into deception. 
When the Bible says, do not be deceived, whatever follows after that statement is something that people are commonly deceived about. And so what is the deception? God will not be mocked. Okay, how will he not be mocked? We know this, God will not be mocked. How could God be mocked? Do you understand that the scripture is telling us that if a man did not sow what he reaped, or excuse me, if a man did not reap what he sowed, rather, if a woman did not reap what she has sown, that would be a mockery to God. So plainly put, God will not be mocked. Therefore, whatever a person sows, that person will reap. Verse 8 shows us, reap to the flesh, corruption, spirit, everlasting life. Now understand here, when it says flesh, it's just not talking about your body. In other words, it's not saying, well, you know, don't take vitamins, don't eat right, don't eat your vegetables and drink water because it's pointless. It's not saying that. It's, it's the spirit of the flesh. When we see in Scripture, generally speaking, when you see the word flesh in Scripture, it's talking about the spirit of flesh. It's talking about living carnally, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 6 tells us to be carnal-minded carnal minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is eternal life. Let me make sure I got that right. Romans 8, verse 6. Yeah. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we're talking about a spirit of the flesh, not, you know, I'm only going to eat one donut instead of seven, even though I won't eat seven. I'm only going to eat one and restrict myself. No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, right? But it's talking about the spirit of flesh, the spirit of this world, spirit of carnality, the, the lust of the flesh. And if you sow to that, you'll reap corruption, death, destruction. But if you sow to the spirit, and it's a capital S, meaning the things of God, you'll reap everlasting life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, verse 9, don't grow weary. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't stop doing the good work that you're doing. Because in due time, you are going to have a harvest. You know, I heard it, it wasn't even a, 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 I don't even know if the gentleman was a Christian, but I was listening to the Think Media podcast ran by Sean Cannell. Now, he is a Christian, good Christian man, and part of the uh, City Light Church out in Las Vegas. But he has a business uh, teaching people how to explode on YouTube and how to make a living off of YouTube. And he has a huge business and a great team of, of men and women that teach a lot of information about what we call the content creators and such. And he's a good Christian guy. I mean, solid Christian guy. But he had this other gentleman on the podcast, and I can't even remember um, exactly uh, uh, exactly what he was speaking about. But he made the point that concerning, and they were talking business, talking shop, and, and he was saying, you know, whether it's podcasting or starting a business, this is what he said. And again, I don't know if he's a Christian or not. This is what he said, though, and it made a lot of sense, and it's very practical. He said, lots of people will put, will put seeds in the ground, but they never give those seeds enough time to grow. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's super powerful. Because we, we understand the seeds we sow will produce a harvest. But verse 9 also tells us don't faint in sowing those seeds. Because you plant a seed today, you don't get the harvest tomorrow, but in due time it comes if you re re refuse to quit. So 
let's couch that with also Joshua chapter 1, our Old Testament text, our Old Testament foundation scripture. I want to I want to take Galatians 6, 7 through 9, and I also want to put in your heart and your mind Joshua 1 verse 8. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. Joshua has taken control, and he is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. Moses has departed. He has anointed Joshua to take his spot, take his place. And this is what the Lord tells Joshua. Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law, for Joshua, that would have been the Torah. (laughs) It would have been the Pentateuch, the first five books that Moses just wrote down. It would, be the, it would have been all the instruction that the Lord gave the people of Israel through Moses. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. So notice, the word of God needs to be in your mouth, but also in your mind and your heart day and night. For what purpose? That you may observe to do it according to all that is written in it. For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, some Christians pray for good success. Okay, pray for it. Some Christians uh, hope and believe for good success. Okay, hope and believe. But understand this. The rules that you and I as Christians play by is plainly written here in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, You'll meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do it according to all that is written. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So the principle, the spiritual, scriptural principle that we see here is keep the Word of God in your mouth, in your mind, in your heart, so that you will do it. And then in doing that, you'll have good success. You'll make your way prosperous. So it's not just like an act of success. is not just something that you got lucky. That's not success. Success is not, you, you know, you, you struck up and hit something lucky. Some, sometimes people talk about that. And I love um, the, the, the age-old definition of luck is being ready at the right time, being at the right place at the right time, and you're ready. You know, some people that break into stardom, well, they just hit, they just broke it lucky. They just struck it lucky. No, they honed their craft. They were good at what they did, and they did it so much that they were constantly in places for people to discover them. And at the right time, they were ready. Like with, you know, singers and musicians. Well, that you know, so-and-so just struck it lucky because this record label guy just happened to hear them and, and said, you're the greatest thing ever since sliced bread. Let me sign you. No, it's, they've been playing every dive bar and every barbecue festival and every little uh, event and luncheon for three years. When they're at home, they're practicing. Uh, and, and so they're playing everywhere. They're constantly getting better at playing. And they were at a place where people who listen, go and listen for new talent, go. And that's how they found them. And we call it struck it lucky. But in the things of God, in the kingdom of heaven, among Christian people, success is a very, I don't know, two plus two equals four type thing. 
I, I live this, and I'm telling you, and, and you can testify to this, I'm sure, as well. But but success and being prosperous in everything that you do is the will of God, but it's also dependent upon what you and I do. And we want to measure success. Now, this is important as well. We want to measure success by God's definition of success. And we're going to talk about some very practical things that I believe will really, really help you. But we, we don't want to trade, for instance, we don't want to become wealthy and lose our marriages or our children. Like, forget it. You, you could give me all the wealth in the world. I'm not going to trade it for my, my marriage or, or the relationship I have with my daughter. No, no, you can keep your wealth. But we understand in the things of God, He wants us to be successful, but we want to be successful according to His terms. We don't want to lose our integrity or our character in being successful. We don't want to trade things. I believe, some people might think, well, this is a little audacious to say it. I believe the heart of God would agree with this. I believe, if I'll just say it, I believe the way I think it. I believe you can have it all. I believe in God, you can have it all. You can be blessed, spirit, soul, and body. Have wonderful, strong marriages, great, vibrant families, a great, you know, for those that are listening that are in school, you can kill it in school. Do great in athletics. Run a business and make it profitable. You know, have every need met in abundance and excess. Be filled with peace and joy and happiness. I, I believe that's God's heart for you. In fact, this is commonly quoted, and I understand some people will hear me say this. They say, well, he was talking to the people of Israel. He was. He was. But there's a spiritual, scriptural principle here. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you, the King James says, an expected end. The New King James says, a future and a hope. Understand, I understand the prophet Jeremiah speaking to the people of Israel who are currently being punished for their sins, but this reveals the heart of God, whether it's the Israelites or the Gentiles, or <laughs> which is everybody, right? But those two people groups encapsulate the entire world. But that reveals the heart of God because we know that Romans chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't pick and choose and play favorites. If God wishes Peace, not evil, a future and a hope in good thoughts, good desires toward one, he wishes it towards all. Third John verse two, third John is just one chapter. The second verse of the letter of the third letter of John says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Now, some people might say, they say, well, that was just an introductory clause in the letter that John wrote. Okay, you can say that if you'd like. It's still inspired scripture. It's still written down by the beloved, <laughs> the apostle John, who wrote down by the Holy Spirit five books of the New Testament. What is that? 10% of the New Testament? <laughs> He, he, he saw everything that is to be and is to happen and take place in the book of Revelation. You can say it's an introductory clause if you want. 
if that's what you want to believe, but I choose to believe that's the heart of God, that He wants us to prosper, be in health, even as we spiritually prosper, our soul prospers. All right, so let's get into a few of these things. Remember, it's a two-part episode. So part one, let's go ahead and begin. The first thing I want you to see is time. That's right, just like your wristwatch. Well, some of us don't wear wristwatches anymore. I love wristwatches. Do you like, you like wristwatches? If you're watching somewhere that you can comment, type in the comments. Let me know if you like to wear a wristwatch. Or maybe you're a cell phone person. I feel like since the advent of the cell phone, a lot of people have forsaken the wristwatch. But I love wristwatches. But the first thing we must master in the year 2023 is time. Time. I wrote a little paragraph for each one of these these things that we have to master. And let me just read it. I feel it was written pretty well. After all, I like the author a good bit. (laughs) Time. I wrote this. Truly in this present age, time would seem endless, infinite in season. But time is fleeting. Time is steadily marching on. And this present age of grace and the church is quickly coming to an end. What will be my testimony at the end of my life and at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? See, time is a a thing where in the moment it seems like it's going to last forever. You know, in the moment when you're living and going and doing and driving to work and going to school and studying and working your job and working hobbies and hanging out with friends and family. You know, you go out on that date and you feel like it's forever and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's time to come home. Time is one of those mysterious things. In the moment, it seems like it lasts forever. But then all of a sudden, it's like, where did it all go? I know you've had this feeling. We all have. Every human has. You know, what do we say? Time flies when you're having fun. You know, you get there and you think, oh, well, we're going to be hanging out with friends. I don't know, just hanging out, bowling, whatever, talking. And it's for three or four hours is the the planned event. You know, we had a young adults night a few weeks back before Christmas. And it was from 630 to 930. Man, those three hours flew by. But you think, wow, three hours, that's, that's a long time. And it is. But then you start hanging out and laughing and playing games and eating, and next thing you know, it's time to go. And time's a mysterious thing like that. The psalmist wrote this, Psalms 90, verse 12, and this is one of those verses I give credit to Dr. Gene Lingerfeld of Faith Christian Center out in Arlington, Texas. I heard him teach a message called The Habits of Lions. It was a Father's Day message, I think from 2016. I've probably listened to that message, I don't know, a hundred times. And he uses this verse, and it shook me, and it has ever since. Psalms 90 verse 12 says this, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The Amplified says this, So teach us to number our days that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. I like that because it's showing the the duality here. We've been given time from God, so now let us number 
or understand that time is finite, it will come to an end, that we may cultivate and bring to the Lord a heart of wisdom. The Living Bible, which is a paraphrase version of the Bible, it says this, Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And you know, that's really, for lack of better words, that's the trick, isn't it? With time. You have to spend your time wisely. And it's interesting in saying that, I just thought about, we use the word spend with time just like we do money. And the reality is everyone has a finite amount of money. Now, you can always go earn more money, but even the richest person in the world, which at this time I guess is Elon Musk, 200-something billion dollars of net worth, that's still a finite amount. It's still not like endless. I mean, he can't, you know, he can't go buy California, the state. Like, it, it still has a certain amount that he can only do. And time is the same way. We will be here in this life, on this earth, for a certain amount of time. The Bible says 70 days, or excuse me, 70 years is what God gives to man, and if by his strength, 80. Now, understand that's, we, we see kind of, that's a principle, right? That's kind of like a gauge of, of life, essentially, because we know people, my, my precious grandmother is 91. My grandfather, who passed away January of 2022, so this year, uh, he passed away 92 years old. And in fairly, fairly good strength, really. I mean, in his late 80s doing push-ups in his living room just to prove a point. <laughs> I guess I get a lot from him like that. And he would do that too, you know. I, what are you talking about? I'm strong. And you know, get in the floor and do a couple push-ups. Be winded, but he wouldn't let anyone know. <laughs> but we all have a certain amount of time that will be here. Don't let that bring you down. I don't know. Some people... When you talk about time, some people kind of get like, oh, oh, what a Debbie Downer. No, I don't see it that way. Time is a gift. Time is a gift. The Lord has given you a number of days. Use them wisely. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalms ninety twelve. We want to use our time, our days, our years wisely and for the glory of God. Now, how do we do that? Well, first off, we need to always go before the Lord in prayer concerning decisions of life. Let the Holy Spirit give you instruction that will prevent you from wasting time. Now, think about this. You might think, prevent us from wasting time? Well, yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking necessarily like, quote-unquote, small things or simple things, though you could. I believe you can take anything to the Lord in prayer. But let's think about this. How many people have went to college? Maybe you're in high school. Some of y'all that are listening, you're in high school. You're going to go to college. You could be in college for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. What if you're in college and you're there for four or five years? And you graduate, and you still don't know what you're supposed to do with your life. But yet you went and spent $100,000 in four years of your life, and you don't know what you're going to do with your life. How about you go before the Lord and say, God, why have you put me on this earth? What would you have me do with my life? 
in what kind of education, whether it's trade school, whether it's experience, apprenticeship, whether it's college, Bible school, what would you have me do and how should I get the experience and knowledge to do it? And then let the Lord lead you so that you don't waste your life. Okay, some of you that are listening, you're single. How about you and go before the Lord and inquire of God, Lord, this person that I'm dating, are they to be my spouse? <laughs> so that you don't not just waste time, <laughs> but uh, end up in a marriage that was never meant to be or not blessed or ordained by God. The Lord will give you instruction. The Lord will direct your paths. Psalms 37 tells us that. Uh, in fact, let me go there. Psalms 37, that's a good one. I, I don't have it written down. I think it's what, 23? Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. The Lord upholds him with his hand. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in his way. Let God order your steps because then you won't waste time. Because the reality is we only have so much of it. It's kind of like money in a savings account. And the unfortunate thing about time is uh, it's not like you can go buy more. Now, you can gain back time. The Bible tells us to redeem time. We're going to see that in just a second. But in the, when in the grand scheme of things, you've got so many years on this planet. Now, you could... Shorten them or lengthen them by the way you live. Absolutely. But generally speaking, you're not going to live forever. Don't live life in such a way where you think you're going to live forever. You're just not. I'm not. You won't. You won't. I won't. At some point, this life will be over, either by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, or by way of the grave. And, of course, spiritually we will live forever. But the time that we spend on this earth will determine eternity. The life that we're living now will determine eternity. Now, generally, broadly, salvation, heaven or hell. But also, we understand our position and what we do in the life to come in heaven, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, will be determined. Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, will be determined by how we live this life. Look at this, James chapter 4, verse 14, or verse 13. Come now who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a, such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. In the grand scheme of things, in the light and comparison of eternity, the life that we're living on this planet, on this earth right now, is but a vapor. It's here and it vanishes. So live wisely and spend your time wisely. You know, uh, again, live 120 years. Live 180 years. What was it? Abraham, was he 186 when he died? Uh, Methuselah, 969 years old. The oldest man ever. Literally, when he died, the flood came. Live. Live as long as he lived. 969 years. Guess what? Drop in the bucket compared to eternity. 
drop in the bucket compared to eternity. So live wisely. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16. Now, we only have so much time, so we have to make the most of it. And good news, we can redeem the time. Ephesians 5, verse 15 says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, or in other words, carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I believe this. Maybe you lived years, decades for the devil, for yourself in sin. Some people can feel depressed. They, they'll beat themselves up over the what ifs. Don't do that. When you come to Jesus, understand that you've been given a brand new life, his life, his spirit, his power, his grace, and he'll help you redeem the time. And I believe this. I can't remember exactly. It's one of the prophets says that the plowman will overtake the reaper concerning the end times where there's an acceleration of things. The book of Daniel talks about that as well, that they'll be running to and fro throughout the earth, and the increase of knowledge will rapidly enter the earth, which is the time we're living right now. I believe there's an acceleration when you start living for Christ and on purpose live for Jesus. And I believe that what you couldn't have accomplished in one lifetime, you can accomplish with Jesus in the years that you have remaining. Don't get down on yourself. Well, I just wish I'd... Sure, every one of us wishes we started serving the Lord sooner. And maybe we were saved, but we weren't serious about getting about the things of God and doing the work of the kingdom. Okay, now we are. And let's ask God, Lord, help us redeem the time. Now, each one of these points, I'm proud of these. I like practical application. I believe the Word of God is the most practical book ever written. So each one of these points, I'm going to give you practical application. So concerning time, here's three tips, three real tips that you can do and start practicing so that you can redeem the time and you can make the most of your time. Here here we go. One, plan tomorrow, today. Yeah. The night before as simple as pulling out your note app on your phone, or if you're an old school person like me, pen, pen and paper, pull out a journal and plan for tomorrow today. That's as simple as like just stopping for about 10 minutes and thinking, okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? What must be done tomorrow? What would I like to get done tomorrow? What needs to happen tomorrow so that I can have a good rest of the week? And I'm telling you, I've done both. I've just went to bed and not thought about it and got up the next day and just like, ah, I ran around like with a chicken with its head cut off, just going after one fire after another. And then there's been days where I took my own advice that I've learned from other people and sat down the night before and said, okay, tomorrow is Tuesday. Tuesday, I do this, this, and this. Tuesday, I have to meet with these people. All right, good deal. Let's do it. So then I wake up in the morning. I've got a game plan. Second tip. Remove time wasters in your life. Can anybody say social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the TV? Remove time wasters. If there's something eating up your time, get rid of it. It's not worth it. Am I against relaxing? 
leisure, chilling out for a little bit? Of course not. But if you are, if your screen time is like seven hours a day, bro, you need to like seriously have a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> you need to cut some of that out and actually use that time to do something that will last for eternity. You know, there are some things that we can do with our time that will last for a lifetime. There's some things we do with our time that will last for a day. <laughs> But then there's some things that we'll do for in our life that will last for eternity, like leading someone to Christ, like obeying the Lord. Last practical application concerning your time. Don't allow other people to dictate your life. Opinions. Everybody's got them. They're like armpits, right? Everybody's got them, and some of them stink. Do not let other people tell you how to run your time. Now, I'm not talking about your supervisor or your boss at your work. He's paying you so that he can tell you how to run your time. But I'm talking about in your life. Well, I got to do this because so-and-so said so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you and so-and-so, Cousin Joe, are y'all pulling the same direction? Do y'all have the same mindset? Do you have the same goals? Are you running this race for the kingdom? Are you go- Are you pulling in line together? Or is just Uncle Joe a time waster and he wants you to waste time with him? I said, Uncle Joe, Cousin Joe. (laughs) Old Uncle Joe. All right, here we go. Second one. The second area of life that we must master in the year 2023 is our money. Our money. Look, beginning the new year, many people are going to want fresh starts concerning their health, they're going to, maybe you're listening and you should. If you're not being active, be active. If you're not working out or training or doing something that makes your heart pump, do something. You need to do that. You need to honor your body. And we're actually going to talk about that. Uh, you know, if you want to read more, read more. Make a plan to read more. But many people want to get their finances in control. Now, some Christians, let me tell you something. Don't be so overly spiritual that you're no earthly good. Let's get real. Some Christians, when they hear the topic of money, they're like, well, I'm so spiritual and I just love Jesus. I don't need to be concerned about money. And then they're they're cheapskates. (laughs) They don't support the work of God. They argue and fuss and fight with their spouse over a $17 charge. They're... Can't go to, they can't go to sleep at night. They got ulcers in their stomach because they owe so much people money. And then, oh, bless God, I don't need no money. I just got Jesus. I'm thankful that you have Jesus. But Jesus doesn't want you a slave to MasterCard. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's, this is just a part of life. I wrote this. Simply put, money is sacred. What? Money's sacred? Are you serious, AJ? Yep. Listen. What else does the world strive after to the point of death? Now, I didn't say Christians, but the world strives after all the way to the point of death. They trade their time, their talents, their skill. Some people trade their integrity and their character. Some people trade their family and relationships just to accumulate Riches that will be here today and gone tomorrow. 
Now, we, the faithful, we will never do that. We're not going to trade our integrity, our character, our family, our relationships, or our faith in Jesus for money. Absolutely not. But let's be honest. If you have a job, you already trade your time, your talent, and your skill for money. That's why you get paid. You're solving a problem. Somehow, some way, you solve a problem, and it has a certain value in the marketplace, and someone pays you so that you can solve that problem. Look at this. Luke chapter 16. Jesus had a lot to say about money. And it's because money touches so much of our life. And you know, I can't do near as good a job as he could, but Dave Ramsey, huge, huge radio icon, and of course of creator of Financial Peace University and the Total Money Makeover. And his whole mission is to, as he puts it, teach God's and grandma's way of handling money. He wants to teach you how God and grandma would handle money. And they both do it with common sense. And there's a lot concerning teaching on money in the Bible. There just is. There's no way around it. This is what Jesus says in Luke 16, verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Now catch this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, money, who will commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will you, who will give you what is your own? Faithfulness in a little promotes you to faithfulness with much. When you can handle a little, God will promote you so that you can handle much. But also, when you can handle worldly riches, money, then God promotes you to handle eternal riches, true riches. That was like a huge revelation when I began to seriously take the words of Jesus to heart. You mean to tell me being faithful with something as normal and as practical as my money will actually put me in a place to manage true riches? True riches? The things of God? You mean I can actually prove my faithfulness with budgeting my bank account and it will show God that I'm a steward of true riches. Now, we just talked about time. Let's be honest. Time is more precious than money. My goodness. Time is so much more precious with money. But if you can budget your money, you can budget your time and vice versa. If you can budget your time, you can budget your money. I wrote this, something as simple as money is to be mastered, and it will display to God our faithfulness. Our mastering money and riches of this world gives us, gives us God's trust to manage true riches. And, and money is something we manage so that it doesn't manage us. M- money is something that we dominate so that it doesn't dominate us. Riches, wealth, money is something that we take control of 
so that it doesn't take control of us. I say that because the, the Bible gives us a warning about this. And many people have fallen prey to this. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, if you don't put money in its proper place, it will take a, it will control you and it will make you its slave. And really, money should be your slave. Money is just like a tool. I mean, come on, it's like a hammer. It's like a saw. It's like a pickup truck. It's just a tool to be used for your benefit. But if you allow money to creep into your heart and become toxic and contaminate your thoughts and your desires, you are in a dangerous place to the point where some people have actually strayed from their faith in Jesus for silly dollars. My goodness. Do not let that happen to you. The Bible tells us the love of of money. Now, some people say, well, praise, you know, bless God. You know, the Bible says money is the root of all evil. No, it doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. We understand not all evil that takes place is because of greed or money. Very simply, there, there are people who sin and money has nothing to do with it. But there are many sins and many wrong things that take place in the earth, and it's because somebody somewhere got greedy. People hurt and abuse people. They'll take advantage of people. People will sell their bodies. They will sell drugs that will kill people. They will do all types of things just to earn a dollar, and that's evil. And that love of money is what caused them to do it. Now, contentment is not gained by money or riches, but relationship with God. See, you and I are content in all things, but that doesn't mean, again, don't be so spiritual that you don't actually act on the Word of God. Well, I'm just happy with where I'm at. That's fine, but that doesn't alleviate you of the responsibility to manage your money. Okay, uh, another thing that Jesus said, Luke 12, verse 15, Jesus said this, And he said unto them, Take heed, beware of covetousness, covetousness, <laughs> for a man's life consists not just of the abundance of the things which he possesses. Your life is not the sum of your wealth. Your net worth doesn't make you more or less holy. Your wealth doesn't make you closer or further away from God. It's simply a tool that you're managing well or not well. And the reality is God promised to provide for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32 and 33. I love this, this promise that Jesus makes to us. Matthew chapter 6, because it puts money in its proper perspective. Some people can take money out of its proper perspective. This is the proper perspective. Matthew chapter 6, verse 32 but after all these things, what are the things? 
Well, verse 31 tells us what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, what you eat, drink, and wear, shall be added unto you. So the things that people die are striving unto death to get, the Lord says, I will add them to your life if you'll just put me first. And so how do we put God first with our money? Obey his word concerning money. You know, tithing and giving offerings will eliminate a spirit of greed. Being generous destroys greed. It just does. When you're generous, it leaves no room for greediness. Look, saving, investing, those are scriptural principles we see in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs tells us only a fool spends all that he, all that he gets. If you're not saving and investing money for the future, you're being foolish concerning the Word of God. The Bible tells us to be a lender and not a borrower, that the borrower is slave to the lender. So eliminate debt. Make a budget. If you got debt, pay it off. Every time you get paid, take out the tithe, the first tenth percent, the first of the increase that you get. Set some money aside in a savings account. Put money in investments. Parents, I'm a parent of a young daughter. Set a money, money aside in an account for her. Be a blessing to your children. Pay off your debts. Be generous. Put yourself in a place concerning money so that you can do whatever God wants you to do whenever He wants you to do it, however He wants you to do it. Hey, I'm just now looking at the time on this podcast. We have only covered two topics, two topics, and we are deep into the time. I'm so thankful that you're listening to the Faith for My Generation podcast. At first, I said this is going to be a two-part episode. I'm going to have to edit on the fly right now. It will be a three-part episode. There's just no way I can get through to another point and still keep you around. Oh, my goodness. I'm so thankful for you listening thus far. So this is going to be a three-part episode for sure. Three-part episode. So make sure that you join me for the next two Mondays for each wake-up call. Uh, the next Part two will be released It'll be the first wake-up call of 2023. And then, of course, part three always comes after part two. We'll follow up the next week. And we will continue on this subject. Seven things we must master in the year 2023. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you subscribe. Be a part. And also know this. We're going to be doing a daily Bible reading streaming on YouTube and TikTok on the personal YouTube channel, I believe, and on the TikTok channel. We're going to get on, and we're going to start January 2nd through the 22nd, uh, and we're going to stream, I believe it's 12 chapters each evening. I think we're going to do it at 9 or 9.30. Um, I'll let you know on, this, on the next wake-up call because it will start that night. But if you, if you want to come join us for that, that'll be great. You can always catch the replays, of course. But that's just a, a January jumpstart initiative I'm going to take those first 21 days of the new year starting after January 1st to just get the Word of God out and just 
put it out there so many people can hear it. Thank you for being a part of this movement. And I'm so thankful that you have committed yourself to the things of God. And I believe 2023 will be a year that you and I are consecrated, sanctified, and set apart for the Lord like never before. In Jesus' name, because we are the faithful. I will see you next time in a brand new year. God bless. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.